everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. I speak to MMA analyst and Fight Nation host Dean Thomas to break down the fights this weekend at UFC London. Plus, is it acceptable to have a beer in the shower? My staff and I debate whether it's normal behavior or if they have massive drinking problems. Unlocking the cage and MMA today come together. Why? Because I have host Dean Thomas on the show. First off, Dean, I got to ask you, has Kelly been just harassing the hell out of you or what, man? Because that's what she does to me. She has, man. She wouldn't leave me alone. I was like, yo, right? leave a brother alone. I will do the show. Just leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't stop with the harassment, dude. When she's on, it's 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 hard to then deal with her. So I, first off, appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, which I know something Kelly has never said to you. But um, <laughs> I got to hear about this whole, what, visa issue or passport issue. You had to leave uh, London, fly to Norway, and come back just to get a stamp in your passport? What the hell happened, dude? Yeah, man. So check this out. So I, And let me be clear. I want to be clear about this right away, is that it's all my fault. I have to be clear about that first off. Okay. Because we got the emails stating that we had to get our stamps on the passports. But when I got to the airport, I was like, man, I'm just going to go through the automated shit because it was easier. And I didn't know they was going to do that. So anyway, um, the next day they called me and like, hey, did you get your passport stamped? I was like, nah, I didn't get a stamp. They was like, I was like, I'll just go do it now. And they were like, no, you got to leave. I was like, what do you mean? They were like, you got to leave the country and come back in and get your passport stamped. So I had to fly to Norway last night. So I immediately went to the airport. I had to fly to Norway last night, get a hotel, spend the night, come back in the morning, fly back into London, go through... Uh, customs again yeah. just so they can stamp my passport. What, what do you need the passport stamp for? For the hotel? Or to work. For what? It was like to to work, to be able to work. Oh, okay, for the visa, right? For the work yeah. visa, yeah? Wow. Right. That is insane. I'm sorry you had to fly to Norway and come back and spend the night in Norway, but I'm glad you're back and you're with us, dude. I'm glad yeah, I'm back and uh, I'm back, man. And let me just say, but I do want to clarify another thing too is it. You know, I love Kelly. She's the best, yep. and you guys are lucky to have her. Okay, moving on from that. I won't even, won't even <laughs> talk about that, but yeah. Okay. Thought we had this issue settled, but that's cool. All right. <laughs> Kelly feels like she's finally getting her due. That's cool. That's no problem. So, I got to ask you about this London card, man. Let's start out, in, in of course, with the biggies, the main event, Alexander Volkov, Tom Aspinall. I've been big on Tom Aspinall for a long time, man. I really think he's that next-level heavyweight, very, very light on his feet, doesn't move like a big guy, but hits like a big guy. I think he has all the tools to fight for a title, if not be champion. Do you agree with that assessment as well? 100%. I mean, this guy is the truth. In fact, and I had to be honest with him, when I saw him a couple of days ago, I said, man, I always thought you were going to be too small to be a serious heavyweight. And the reason why I thought that was because he moved so good. I thought he might have, he had to have weighed about 225 pounds because of the way he moves. And when you see him, he's massive. He's 6'5, 250 pounds. Yep. He's massive. And I'm like, dude, you and you move and you move that well. Yeah. I think he's and and I I'm I could be wrong. I could be wrong. 
But I think he's going to bust Volkov up. I think he's just, I think he's on a different level. You know what I'm saying? I think he, to me, I always feel like Cyril Gaon moved. Well. I think he moves a lot better than Cyril Gaon. And he's yeah. definitely faster, a better boxer. So, I mean, man, I think the sky's the limit for him. It's just a matter of, of how he can deal with fighting in front of people because he's never done that before, really. So we yeah. have to find out if he can do that. All right, let, let, let's transition in that regard to Alexander Volkov, who uh, six foot seven. I tell people he fights like six foot nine. He fights tall, even for a guy who's yeah. tall. He extends his kicks. He extends his punches in a way that maximize uh, his range, his range and his reach advantage. Do you think that might be a problem a little bit for Tom Aspinall? It could be. It might not be though. Like it could be if he's getting his touches. Like if Tom is underperforming and stands directly in front of him and then allows it to go back and forth because Tom right now he's, he's realistic. He's thinking, okay, this is the best guy I've, I'm, I've fought that I'm going to yeah. have fought. And it's going to be a tough fight. Sometimes when you go on with the expectations of it being a tough fight, you make it a tough fight. So if he allows this to be a tough fight, if he goes in with that expectation and allows us to be a tough fight and allows Volkov get them shots off, he could hurt Tom. Like that that kick he does to the body is terrifying. Brutal. He hit Walt. Yeah, he hit Walt. He kicked Walt Harris in the stomach. Walt Harris was reaching for the Pepto Bismol bottle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's he's I mean, that kick is serious. But if Tom goes in there and is slick and you know and boxes, man, I think he makes it look easy. Certainly a possibility. Talking to Dean Thomas, of course, standout mixed martial artist, great coach, uh, years and years and years in this business. Love talking MMA with him. Uh, moving down a little bit on the card. Oh, um, the Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker, I was worried about how he'd look on the scale because, you know, you cut weight to 45, your body suddenly gets rejuvenated at 55, and then cutting that weight again, a lot of times it's a lot harder. He looked really good on the scale. Did that surprise you as well? He looked good on the scale, but you know what? The only reason why it didn't surprise me is because he he comes from forty five, like that yeah. was where he started. So like, and sometimes we don't factor that in. But I tell you what really surprised me, and I had no idea that I was going to see this is the face off. How much bigger he was than uh, Arnold Allen at the face off, and I said that's going to be a problem for Arnold Allen facing somebody that tall. That could be a serious problem somebody that tall and that precise and that good. You know, it's one thing to be tall and, and kind of sloppy and goofy, but the what Dan Hooker does so well is his timing is so good, and he uses his length and his timing to his advantage. And I don't know if he's had this type. The last time we've seen him have this type of height advantage, you know, that was against, you know, obviously uh, he did that to um, Nazrat Hapkaras, but then also he yeah. did it to Gilbert Burns. Like, he yeah. had that advantage over Gilbert Burns, and he knocked him out. So, like, when he has the height advantage on guys, man, he does well. And I think that he, Arnold Allen could be in trouble with that. Do you believe there's pressure on Dan Hooker essentially uh, going down for a reason? He, You know, the loss to Islam Makachev at 155. He needs to kind of restart his career at 45. You can't start out with a road bump. Do you think there's pressure on him, and how do you think he's managing it? No, I don't think there's pressure on him because of – I mean, we're talking about a guy who took – the most riskiest chances of all chances in MMA. Like no one has really taken more chances than him in MMA. Like he, he fought Michael Chandler when he didn't have to. He fought Islam when he didn't have to. He fought Nazrat when he didn't have to. 
And only of those fights, he only won against Nazareth. So, like, I don't think he puts any pressure on himself to do well. But, you know, going down in weight is never really the answer for people. And, like, a lot of people think that. They go, oh, I make this weight so easy, so I'm going to go down in weight. Or I'm not competing well at this week. What happens is that you find yourself going down in weight and still not being able to beat the top guys. So you're cutting a bunch of weight for nothing. I'm hoping that's not the case with Dan Hooker in this situation. Um, like I said, I do see him getting past Arnold Allen, but again, he's going down in weight and he's still got to fight Max. I mean, he's going to have to fight Max Holloway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So like going down in weight's never really the answer in terms of like finding a title shot, but sometimes it just gives you a, ref a refresh, a refresher in terms of opponents. And that's always kind of fun. Um, speaking, of course, of uh, up-and-comers and people who are looking to make a splash, Patty Pimlet versus Rodrigo Vargas. Uh, a lot of people are critical of this matchup. I am not one of those people. He's 1-0 and in the UFC. Rodrigo Vargas is 1-2, and coming off the first win of his career. Uh, people are like, oh, man, he's getting Israel Asanya said he's getting fed bums. and all. Well, no, he's starting out. He's getting other guys who are starting out. I think it's unfair to criticize his opponents when he's just starting his own UFC career too, man. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like, come on, man. Let's look at Israel's first couple of guys. You know what I'm saying? Israel Israel fought some guys that ain't in the UFC no more. So right. it can't you can't be all that critical. I mean, it's one thing, you know, when you come I mean when you start off, you like it's disrespectful to Vargas to anyway. You know, I think it's very yes. disrespectful to be saying that stuff to Vargas anyway. But, you know, when you start out, you're right. You start out with guys at your level to see where you're at and then to see how they're going to treat you later. And then to Patty's credit, he said the same thing to me today. He goes, man, if they want to start paying, if they, if they want me to fight top 10 guys, let's do a new contract. <laughs> and I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. That's, you know, your fighter pay is based on your performance and what you bring to the table. If you want him to fight these guys, he's getting paid accordingly. If y'all want him to fight the next tier guys, give him a next tier contract. And I'm sure the UFC would agree with that. Uh, speaking, of course, to Dean Thomas from MMA Today. Also a great coach, great fighter back in his day. Great MMA mind. I want to ask you about, we talked about the the um, the, 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 the pressure on Alexander Volkov. He's fighting, of course, um, Tom Aspinall. In London, in his backyard. Also, he is a Russian fighter, and Russia not particularly popular right now. Do you believe the crowd reaction or response to him will be exceptionally hostile? And I don't know how much time you spent around Volkov. I've spent a little uh, around him. He's a nice guy. He didn't really sign up like Patty Pimlet to take a bunch of hostility from people. Do you think it'll be a more hostile reaction? And how do you think he deals with it? I think, you know, they, at the way in, they were pretty hostile towards him, but I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with, like, the political and implications or anything like that. I think it was right. just because he's fighting Tom Aspinall. And I don't think a guy like Volkov is going to crack under that pressure. I don't think that's going to bother him one bit. He's a consummate professional. I think he's going to do his job to the best of his ability. I think he's going to fight. I think he's going to fight hard. With that being said, I just don't think he's going to be good enough. So I don't want to tie two things together that aren't together. He's not right. going to be good. I don't think he's going to be good enough to beat Tom Aspinall, but I don't think that's going to have anything to do with the pressure. If there's any pressure, the pressure is on Tom Aspinall to be at home, to be in front of this crowd, 
to to excel under these circumstances. And Tom is concerned with that. Like if when you watch him and when I've been speaking to him, he recognizes that there's some pressure on him. He sees that, but I think he's handling it the right way. I mean, he's well mature for his years, man. Like for a guy who hasn't been in that long, he's very mature and very in tune and very honest. And I love that about him. And I think that that's going to get him far. So even if he doesn't go his way with this fight, even though I think it will, but if it doesn't, I think that it's going to make him better because I think he's handling this the right way. Dean, I have one more question for you before I let you go. And it's a question we've been dealing with, with on this show. I don't know if you heard Dana White's statement about John Jones perhaps getting an interim title fight um, summer, maybe early fall, because the champ, Francis Ngannou, is going to be out for a while. Um, do you think the winner of this fight, now bear in mind Aspinall, we love him, but he's number 11. Do you think the winner of this fight with a great performance could put themselves in that spot, or is that too much of a leap for Tom Aspinall to go from number 11 to an interim title fight with John Jones? I mean, that's to me, it's just not a, a, a good fight on paper anyway. I just don't see that being a great fight. I wouldn't want to see that fight because when you think about John Jones, like you want John Jones to fight guys that make sense. Like I want to see John Jones fight Stipe. Right. Yeah. Because like two old dogs, you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the fight you want to see. You want to see him fight Francis because of the beef. You want to see him fight like somebody that makes sense. Like, I just don't think that that fight makes sense for Tom, you know, like, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Tom fight tied to Ivasa for, for the interim title. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't want him to fight John Jones for it. Not because I think John Jones will beat him or anything like that. I mean, but I just think that, they just seem in two different generations right now. And like John Jones just seems like he doesn't really deserve that. I don't think it just doesn't seem like John Jones deserves to fight a guy like Tom Espinall. Interesting, interesting way to put it, man. I appreciate your knowledge, Dean. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, have a great time in London. Don't fly anywhere and have to come back. All right. Appreciate it. All right, you. my man. I will catch up <laughs> with you. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. The shower beer debate, it will continue. It started on 316 day, of course, Austin 316, of course, who I'm going to see at WrestleMania, by the way. It's going to be interesting seeing Stone Cold. I haven't seen him in 20 years, and I was a civilian back then, just working, meeting Stone Cold Steve Austin. So um, we're talking about the, 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 the two-handed beer chug, right? We're talking about circumstances under which people drink. And the shower beer, as you heard, came up. Here's my experience with the shower beer. I have no experience drinking a shower beer. I have no experience drinking beer, period. But the one time I was with a chick, and we were spending the weekend together, and we were in the shower, and she brought a beer into the shower to drink while we were in the shower together. Javon is shaking his head. Totally not. But this totally is great, normal. by the way, if you can get this visual. Because Javon is shaking his head like it's the craziest thing he's ever heard of. And KOB and Kelly just nodded like, yeah, yeah, as one does. As one does, right? So 
my experience with the shower beer was this girl had a drinking problem. So I assumed that it had something to do with the drinking problem that she was drinking in the shower. Because this person certainly did at that time have one. Okay. So uh, I was like, wow, that's crazy. She's having a beer in the shower. Now, what I just learned yesterday was not weird. That's how you warm up. And But once again, Javon's shaking his head. KOB, so my limited experience is the one person I knew who did that, or the one time I saw her do that, I don't know if she did it consistently, had a drinking problem. But it's a normal thing to have a beer. How do you drink? I've never drink anything in the shower. So why is having a beer normal? You thinking that that girl had an alcohol issue, the same way you thought me and Kelly did. The same way you thought me and Kelly did. Independently of the shower beer. Is what a novice non-drinker would think like oh my god you're drinking in the shower oh let me clutch my pearls here you must have a drink no no, no. let me tell you she had a serious problem and she drank in the shower so well, i equated uh, the two things you can say that's unfair but she did have a drink problem trust me <laughs> stories i could tell you well learning more about jimmy smith's uh picks pre-marriage on this at least this last marriage uh <laughs> But no, like, it is a total, like, anybody who drinks, I'm telling you, like, you're on vacation, especially, this is a big one. If you have an outdoor shower, like, you're staying at a spot who has it, oh, the shower beer is happening. That is a thing. People just handing it to you over the top of the thing. Like, yep, shower beer, thank you. Get, while, while you're getting ready to go out, the outdoor shower is made for shower beers. Okay, all right. I, l- let me break this down in a way that makes sense to me. I've never had a drink of anything in a shower. So why is having a shower beer normal when drinking anything is abnormal? Kel, you jump in. Like, as a non, explain to me as a non-drinker why I've never had a bottle of water in a shower. Why would having a beer in a shower be more normal? Because it's circumstantial. Like, you're not just doing it on a random Monday or Tuesday night. But, like, if you're on vacation or you're going out, you're starting to get yourself ready, you have the music playing. Oh, it's, oh my God. I'm like craving. This you have a look moment. on your face like ecstasy right now. Like, you've, <laughs> I've never seen you this happy. You're in my on life. vacation. The music is blasting. You hear your friends like out getting ready, like in the room. You shower beer it. You got to just get into You got to get into it. You have to feel the vibe and you just want to start drinking. Like, I, I can't even wait to start drinking. Like, I'm just going to hit the shower beer. And there's rules to it, too. Like, you're not bringing in like some nice like IPA. Like you're bringing in the PBRs or like natties. Like Paps. that pretty much tastes like water anyway. Because at that point you won't really know what's going in unless you get like a little soap in there by accident. You know, it's not meant to be clean. It's fun. So white trash beer. And speaking as white trash, I'm allowed to say that. So you got to have the white trash beer. You got to have some Paps. You got to have something that Absolutely. you can get at a liquor store. Natty light. Natty Light, Coors, any of the light beers really work, but, like, the trashier the better. Why? Because you don't feel bad, like, when you do the Stone Cold, when you just do the little double tap and just go. And you're wasting half of it, right? You just don't go back. Exactly. Like, I'm not bringing in Stone Cold's beer because that's apparently expensive. Apparently it's good and expensive. I don't know. That would be a shower beer fail, really, right there. That's a a foul. You You wouldn't do Stone Cold justice. All right, having a beer in a shower while trying to get clean, I imagine, 
None of that makes any sense to me at all. See, the tone of your voice, you keep trying to make it sound like it's crazy. I could hear, like, is it weird it to have a beer in the shower while you're getting clean? Like, it's you're trying nuts. to make it sound bad. You're the weird one, I feel, here. Right yeah, now. but it's also, like, but that's it's what not, like, at the tail end of the shower. I'm the weird one. What? Like, it's not at the very tail end of the shower. You crack the beer and just dump it. Like, you're done with the beer, and then you finish your shower. Like, you, yeah. st- the end result is still the same. You're still clean. Yeah, you're still coming out clean. I'm not saying you get dirty. I'm saying that isn't the time I would necessarily but, think uh, again, to drink anything. The, the tone of your voice, though, is I about what you make it sound. I hate the tone of your voice. It sounds a, insane to me. You're I like leading very, the witness. You're leading the witness. Now all of our yeah, callers are going to literally have Kel, a preconceived notion because of the way you're the speaking. The idea that the callers are going to side with me about anything alcohol-related is extremely unlikely. I think you are discounting your own popularity. And the fact that I am probably... The weird one here, simply because I also have never had a drink, which is extremely but, weird. But here's the thing. Knowing that, I still feel like Kel is right. You're trying to lead our listeners a little bit, like to try to say, take your side, because you know they're probably not going to on this issue. They're not you going to I mean? at all, probably. Me and Kel's drinking experience and love of shower beer probably is universal, and I think you know that, which is why like, when you hit the tone of like, Kel, you know, the, the, the listeners probably aren't going to agree with me on anything. Drink. That's the correct tone. But your tone as you were trying to lead out to get the callers to call in was like... Are you going to go, like, bring a All beer right. in the shower when you're okay. getting clean? Like, beer in the shower, insane people. I'm extremely logical, and I've done my research, and I posted a poll on my Instagram story to see So it's your Instagram followers. Situation. I just want to make sure we're talking about the same people. Your Instagram yeah, followers. Yeah, but I have a, some of our listeners wide follow wide. me. People sure. my age follow me, obviously. Mm-hmm. I have a wide variety of followers. And I said, are you team shower beer? The poll right now has 60 votes. 74% say yes to 26% saying no. We and I see. didn't rig the poll. I didn't. Oh, yeah, of course. Someone who would rig a poll would say I didn't rig the poll. That no, makes perfect someone, sense to it. No, because as someone who has rigged the poll before, I told you guys. So You did fess up later, but it wouldn't surprise me if you said tomorrow. Javon, I know you're maybe too young for the shower beer. Does it sound as insane to you as it does to me? Just drinking something. I couldn't even drink water in the shower. It's just not. Yeah, I wouldn't even drink water in the shower, right? It's not mine and Kelly's fault that you guys don't know how to live on vacation. Like, yeah, because like we're also not drinking a water in the shower. Yeah, like that's so. Why you're drinking water in the shower? Water in the shower. I am about beer in the shower. Drinking a water in the shower actually think is way weirder than actually drinking. Because I'm not drinking a water to like catch a vibe on vacation in the shower, like. That's not the point. So you're doing it to catch a vibe. Like you aren't already going out. It's a general vacation vibe. Like for me, this always happens a lot when I go down the shore, when I have my week down the shore. We usually have an outdoor shower, as I said, which is the best place for it. We've usually been drinking all day for that matter. But like we're getting ready to go out. Music, like Kelly said, music is playing. Shower's going, you're outside, the sun's starting to go down, you're having that nice little shower beer. It's like, you know what, we're going to keep the drinking going. We're not even going to take a moment off here. We're just going to keep the vibe going for the rest of the day, for the rest of the day going into our night. Shower beer is king. Real, and, but it's an exclusively vacation thing. Yeah, no. it's really nothing it's not to do. It's not exclusive, but it's primarily when you're on vacation. So you've had showers, you've had a beer shower at home, Kel, in, in your college, own shower. In college, we did it a lot. Yes, I agree with that one, yeah. College, yes. Also happens. But that's also peak drinking time for, right. for everyone you're drinking. 
you're finding ways to drink while you're drinking. You know, like it's college is a different exactly. Ballgame. But as an adult, when you get out of college, yeah, it usually becomes more of a vacation themed type of thing. That is absolute insanity to me. To enhance the vacation. I do not vacation. understand that at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't do what you guys do on vacation. That makes no sense to me. But like, it's just it's just crazy, you right? Just, you don't get it. You don't I get don't it, get okay. it at all. It makes no sense yeah. to me. Not everyone gets everything. You, you just you don't get this, Jimmy. Like, but here's the deal. Here, here's here's why I find this so strange. Is as people know, I've been around a lot of people who drank a lot, and I never knew anybody until this one chick, obviously, who drank in the shower. I didn't know any of them. So this is there are a lot of stories you guys can tell me about drinking that I have seen my entire life. Right? I've seen a level of drinking that is way beyond what you guys are talking about. So I've seen all kinds of stuff. I've seen all kinds of habits about drinking that would be day drinking, puking, everything, everything. So um, that's what I that's what I'm 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 wondering about is I've never even seen anyone do this except for that one person. I've been around a lot of drinking. Is it just more rare than I'm realizing? Or just Have more, you what? Been What's with the these people like on a vacation setting? I'm related to them, yes. Uh, well, listen, if they haven't discovered the yeah. shower beer, I say bring it up and see if they're interested. I guarantee you they're like, you know what? Great idea. I can't believe I ever thought of having a shower beer before when I was on vacation. Might just be an oversight on their so part. So they thought of every other way to drink except shower drinking. It just never occurred to them. Maybe, maybe that was their break period where they were like, oh, I'm going to take off for a little while. I'm going to go and hop in the shower, and then I'll restart when I get out. Some of us <laughs> don't like to- in my family, there are no break periods. Well, None. Apparently, there None is. None at all. They don't know, if they don't know the shower beer, then they're doing something wrong. I don't think is, my it generation, is it like a young people thing? Is it like a I generational say, thing? I'm not that they young. Too old? I'm, in, I'm young-ish, but like not really that young. I'm in my mid-30s now, and I've been doing this for quite some time. And like I started in my – I can't even say my 20s. We were doing, we were doing it in high school, too. You so, started in your teens. Shower drinking yeah. in your teens. That yes. was normal. Yes, because my friend had a shore house that had an outdoor shower. So you damn right we were shower beering. Outdoor shower beering was a real thing. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, KLB, yeah. in all honesty, when was the last time you shower beard? Uh, probably not since my last short trip, I don't think. Maybe at a bachelor party. you got to give me a time frame. First. Last when year. Was so, like a year ago, like last within year, the summer, time yeah. you were working last with me. Last year, summer, when I was on vacation down the shore, yes. At 30, what, 35, 34, shower beer. You know what? L-I-V-I-N, Jimmy. I was living. I was living out okay. there is what I was doing. All right. And I will continue Shower to do beer so. beer a year ago. I will continue to do so probably well into my adult, my older adulthood. And I'm hoping to find somebody who jumps on the shower beer bandwagon. Kelly gets it. I got to find another girl who gets it. That's it. I had the feeling it won't be that hard to find, to be perfectly honest. You just don't get it, Jimmy. I do not get it at all. So, Javon... In the future, you being 20 years old, in the future is a shower beer. Like, I will at one point try a shower beer. And that's if I, like, ever, like, get around to trying beer, period. I can't get over the smell of it. I can't. So sweet. you've never had a beer either. So, that's weird. You're so sweet and innocent. <laughs> no, because, like, well, like, I can drink liquor. I just can't drink beer. The but smell smells like dehydrated 20. urine to me. I can't do it. That does make certain people don't like beer. That is true. Okay, here's my other question, Kel. Would you drink anything else in the shower other than a beer? Because certain people just don't like beer. They don't like the taste of beer. They just, 
you know, they aren't beer drinkers. But like Javon, they'll drink other stuff. Would you drink anything else in the shower? I mean, I have, but the beer is just makes the most sense because you don't really care where it goes. Like that, and it's got good coverage. Like you really only have the little spout to drink out of, so it doesn't exactly. get too much water in there. If you're bringing a glass, I've seen people bring glasses of something in there, but it's a little bit more. I feel like it's tougher it catches to enjoy, a lot more you, water. Yeah. You got to find a place to put it where the water isn't gonna like go into the cup. So it becomes a little bit more of a problem. The beer you never really carry. It's like, like you said, like it's half water anyway, so we're good here. If it gets a little water, no big deal. Plus, it's got more can coverage on there. Okay, this is it's strangeness as far as I'm concerned. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.